We all, we all struggle with this, this battle going on in here. Even though we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in, in us, we still have a sin nature. That is, meant, that is what's meant by the flesh. Unfortunately, that did not leave us when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We still have that sin nature inside of us. Abounding in Faith is the broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Bible Church of Howell, New Jersey. If you are blessed by this message, please subscribe to our podcast or YouTube channel. You can also download our app by searching for IBCNJ in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. For more information, please visit us at www.ibcnj.org. Our speaker today is Pastor John McManus. Uh, good morning again. Uh, always an honor to um, preach the Word of God. Uh, this morning, I'll be going through the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 16 through 26, which I've titled, The Battle Within. This should be a very familiar chapter for most of us. This, this contains the fruit of the Spirit. Um, so, you know, we're going we're gonna to go through what the fruit of the Spirit is and how we as followers of Jesus Christ would strive to live a life that's pleasing to Him and bearing much good fruit. So now that I'm kind of set up and uh, in place, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? And it's tough getting old and having to wear glasses and stuff, right? Yeah. Starting again, Galatians 5, 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do, do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. Let's pray. Father God, we uh, are just so grateful to be in your presence this morning, Lord. We're so grateful for your word, Lord. Your truths that we read about in this book, Lord. I pray, Father, that um, 
you would open up our hearts and our minds this morning, Lord, for the truths in, in these passages, these verses, Lord. Father, just, uh, just ask for just your Holy Spirit to be upon. And Lord, thank you again for just your love and that we are new in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This is going to make me nuts. Okay. So Paul wrote the letter of Galatians to confront them. Just a little background on, on Galatians and then we'll get into, we'll get into our text. Okay. Um, Paul wrote this, this letter to the Galatians to confront them. They were being deceived by Judaizers who were teaching them that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace and grace only was not enough. They also needed to follow the Mosaic laws, regulations, ceremonies, and all the other things that they were uh, accustomed to when they were uh, in following Judaism. He actually starts off uh, the, um, the book with pretty strong language in, in chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. He says to them, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. So without getting into any more detail about Galatians, uh, just know that the first five chapters, one through five, Paul was writing to them to try to encourage them and try to admonish them that true freedom comes from Christ and Christ alone. Nothing more by the, by the covenant of grace. But there was also a warning that Paul gives them. And we read that in chapter 5, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, which we just discussed, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Paul did not want them to think that since they were under the, the law of grace, that they could just go on living in the flesh, sinning perpetually on and on day after day, and just keep saying, hey, you know, I'm forgiven. The Lord, you know, the Lord has given me grace. Uh, that's, not, that's not what uh, the idea of grace was. Paul also writes in, in Romans 6, he says, What then? Are we to sin because we are under the law, of, but under grace? I'm sorry. But then, are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. So Paul was really uh, giving them some strong language about um, the, the, um, the blessing they have with the new covenant of grace. Okay? So... Anyway, today we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit, um, and as I said, I titled it The Battle Within, but we can't talk about the fruit of the Spirit without talking about the Spirit Himself. The promise of the Holy Spirit, or as Jesus calls Him, the Helper, was first mentioned in, in the book of John 14, 16, 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, 
even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot re receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. So Jesus is explaining to the disciples that if you remember also he, he tells them that he has to depart so they can receive this and, and this will guide their lives in his absence. And, and then we read the fulfillment of that. We read that in, in the book of Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Every person that puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. This is not only a foundational truth, but this is great news for us. I think we sometimes forget that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us or underestimate the significance or the power of that. Through the Holy Spirit we have an advocate, we have a source of wisdom, we have power, we have the guide to truth, and we have help in our weaknesses, just to name a few of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. So now let's go through our, our text. I'm going to read again verses 16 through 21. But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I have warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let me just say that this is not an exhaustive list. Okay? Uh, not by any means. You, you'll, you'll read in verse 21 that Paul says, um, and things like these. So he's not going to go through every work of the flesh, but certainly these are, these are at the top uh, of, of that. So we start in verse 16, which uh, says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Well, that's certainly pretty logical, right? Uh, we all know that when we're walking in the Spirit, that our propensity to go towards things of the flesh definitely diminishes, right? The problem is, 
We read in verse, starts in actually verse 17. In verse 17 we read, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. They are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. We don't want to do some of the fleshly things we do. But we know why that is. Okay. This is the battle within. That's, this is why I titled today's message the battle within. Yes, it's the fruit of the spirit. But this is a battle that we have going on inside of us every day. And Paul gives a similar uh, explanation for this situation that we have and he talks about himself in Romans 7 for I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate now if I do what I do not want I agree with the law that is good so now it is no longer I who do it but sin that dwells within me for I know that nothing good dwells in me in the flesh that is in my flesh for I have the desire to do what is right which we all do but not the ability to carry it out for I do not do good that I want but the evil I do want is what I keep on doing now if I do what I do not want it is no longer I who do it but the sin that indwells in me so here's Paul, greatest apostle. Here he is confessing that he struggles with the same issue. It's just dealing with the flesh in his own self. And we also read in Matthew 26, and we've all heard this verse before. Um, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, for the Spirit is willing but indeed the flesh is weak. When, when the famous, or yeah, I guess the famous preacher, evangelist, author, D.L. Moody was asked what his greatest problem was, you know what he replied? The man I see in the mirror every morning. So it's not necessarily outside forces that keep us um, from the desires of the flesh it's internal but this really answers it doesn't it I mean we all we all struggle with this this battle going on in here even though we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in, in us we still have a sin nature that is meant that is what's meant by the flesh unfortunately that did not leave us when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We still have that sin nature inside of us. The results of this battle is the possibility that we could fall into these works of the flesh, or I'll call them the bad fruits. Excuse me one second. Singing, speaking, <clears throat> wears you out a little bit. So, Paul lists these uh, 
works of the flesh. And they're actually kind of, if you wanted to, you can group them into three different groups. The first group, they're sexual in nature, okay? They're sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. These are, these are sins like pornography, adultery, prostitution, and anything unclean or anything to be sexually excessive. Then he lists uh, some more which uh, kind of relate to man-made religion, and that would be idolatry and sorcery. These are, these are sins like worshiping idols, images made of man by man, and things that can be associated with the occult. And third, the third group is in the area of human relationships. We read about enmity, we read about strife, we read about jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. These are all sins uh, that we would come across that would really hamper our relationship with the Lord and for one another as well. These are the things that are a result of a life that is not shown to be walking in the spirit, but walking in the flesh. Paul goes, uh, goes as far as in verse 21 to say that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Time out. Don't get, don't get nervous about that, okay? Because, right, all of us struggle with maybe one or more of these things from time to time, certain seasons, whatever it is. The Greek and the intent, and if you have a New King James Bible, it says those that practice these things or such things. We're talking, we're not talking about this having a rough day and, you know, maybe being angry with somebody or, um, or having some jealousy or something like that and these bad fruits. We're talking about a lifestyle that is controlled, controlled and practiced by all of these or most of these qualities or most of these sins. These are not a result of walking in the Spirit. So what does Paul mean by walking in the Spirit? And how does that help us with this battle? If we go back to verse 16 again, we read, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is our only weapon, okay? Our only weapon against walking in the flesh or the sins of the flesh. So what does the life of somebody who is walking in the Spirit look like? We continue our um, text this morning in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. The list of these nine fruits are actually commands in Scripture. Okay, if you were, we, we could put some Scripture to each and every one of these nine fruits. Okay, I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that Paul starts with love. Okay, we read in John fifteen twelve, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you." And of course, there is no greater love that's shown to us than the love of Jesus Christ, as we read in John 3.16, that very famous, very familiar verse, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whomsoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's love. That's love. So as we continue now with uh, the other fruits, we, we talk, he, he mentions joy. Joy is a gladness not based on your circumstances. It, it comes from the assurance of our position in Christ and his, <laughs> and his love for us. I think if we try to be joyful just on our circumstances, especially nowadays with everything going on, I think we'd be a lot less joyful people. But our joy should come in the promises of Scripture. Amen? The next one he mentions is peace. Peace is a contentment or a lack of fear because we know that we worship a sovereign God. Patience. Anybody struggling with that nowadays? Eh, you don't have to raise your hands. I'll raise mine. Is having a, is having a restraint that prevents us from speaking or acting too fast or against the will of God. Kindness is to show mercy and love for others. Just that simple. Goodness, be generous and open-hearted. Faithfulness is a loyalty and trust to the Lord and His will for our lives. Gentleness is a humility, a soft demeanor when dealing with others. And self-control is able to bridle one's emotions and actions. These are the nine fruits of the Spirit. And we read in verse 23 that against such things there is no law. There is neither a law from God or from man that are prohibitive to these fruits of the Spirit. However, nowadays, would it blow you away if somebody came up with some kind of a, a problem with one of these attributes. I mean, it certainly wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me a whole lot. Try to outlaw uh, goodness or kindness. You just... Anyway, we as followers of Christ should follow his example. Our goal should always be to live a life like Christ. He showed us every one of these fruits. You read through the pages of the New Testament, Jesus Christ was every single one of these, one of these fruits. He was. He was joyful. He was loving. He's the God of peace. He was patient with those he had no, nobody else would be patient with. He was kind. He was good. 
He was gentle, showed self-control. We should try to emulate that by walking in the Spirit. And then we go on to verse 24, which says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and his desires. Similar passage is in Galatians 2.20, which says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. See, we didn't get rid of the flesh. Okay, he says it right here. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. It's different life. The, same, the flesh is still there. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we have new life in him. And within him, our fleshly desires should not be the dominant force in our lives. Those fleshly desires should, should be diminishing as we walk in the spirit with him. So how do we starve the desires of our flesh? What's the application? How do we do this? We know we have this war going on inside of us. Get back to verse 16. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The, and then what does that mean? Walk, walk in the Spirit. I mean, how do I, how do, I do this? I, I struggle. I know I have... I have these things going on inside of me. The only way to walk in the Spirit is to abide in Christ. That's it. That's, the only, that's really the only thing that's going to get us to a point where we're walking in the Spirit. This will, in turn, have us producing good fruit. We read in Matthew 7, 16 through 18. You will recognize them by their fruits. Any grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. We want to be a healthy tree, don't we? And the only way we can do that is if we abide in Christ. There's a similar passage in Luke, Luke 6. For no tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil of his evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. It's pursuing God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We can do this by practicing the spiritual disciplines. We need to be in his word. We need to be in fellowship with him through our prayer life. We need to be in fellowship with other believers and serving others. 
It's the only way to really abide in Christ. We read in John 15, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that he may bear more fruit. Although you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. Apart apart from me, you can do nothing. Let me repeat that. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You cut off a branch and throw it on the ground, what's going to happen to that branch? It's not going to grow. It's not going to develop. It's going to die. Okay, if we are cannot, if we are not connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, we cannot expect to grow good fruit and to be walking in the Spirit. We are the branches; He is the vine. This is not a one-time event, guys. This battle will continue. Until we reach glory. That's why it's called a walk. Walk in the spirit. Walk. Because this is, this is going to go on the rest of your life. Okay? That's part of the sanctification process also. We'll notice, especially people that are walking with the Lord a long time. Okay? You'll notice... If you're abiding in him and you're walking with him for a long time, these sins, these works of the flesh, they start shrinking and diminishing. They flare up, they can come back. But you ask somebody that really struggled with some of these things early on in their life, and as they grew closer to the Lord and have been sanctified and walking with him, the desires of the flesh will decrease. We're never going to lose that sin nature. That's the bad news. I mean, the, the, there's so much good news. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. That gives us the power. That gives us access to the Lord. That's the great news, okay? The battle, the battle's going to continue. But if we stay connected and st- abide in Christ... These things will definitely diminish these desires of the flesh. So we have a choice, right? We have a choice. Do we bow to our fleshly desires? Or do we abide in him through the Holy Spirit and have victory over the flesh and live a life that's filled with good fruit? Let me finish with this, this, this verse. Notice was kind of short today, short and to the point and sweet, I hope. Colossians 1.10 says, So as to walk in a manner 
worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Father, again, uh, our desires as followers of Christ is to bear good fruit. To be more like you every day, Lord. So I pray for each and every person here this morning, Lord. That through your spirit, you would help them to put off the desires of the flesh that we all struggle with, Lord. And put on these fruits of the Spirit, Lord, that we could just magnify and glorify your holy name, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.